Hello, everyone, and welcome to Carbide Content. I'm David from Contraption Collection. I'm Dalen from MachineWise. I'm Grant from Fellowship Blades. And I'm John from Triaxis. Guys. Howdy. Yes. I, gentlemen. I have a hoss now. Yes, wow. you do. Yes. Yeah. Super exciting. Yep. Yeah, I don't want to ask you about how that's going. I haven't done like anything. <laughs> because <laughs> You've done a lot, haven't you already? Looks like you have. Uh well I haven't made anything, so uh, it was delivered like more than a week ago, but the electricians had a delay for like a week because yep. I don't know. It's hard to get wire or something. Apparently, I don't mm-hmm. know, or I don't know, circuit breakers. I don't know what it is, uh, but they eventually came. They did a really good job because I was worried about like the ceiling if like it would be awkward or something. But the way they did it was super nice. Oh, yeah. And so the machine had power, which meant Haas could come. And it's like, oh, how long are they going to take? But they're like, no, we can come at 7 a.m. the next morning, nice. like right after. And I was like, oh, great. And so immediately Haas came on Tuesday because the elections were Monday. So a couple days ago. And um, uh, setting up the machine was pretty great. The Haas tech was really nice. And uh, everything seems good. I think, like, I'm going to maybe get the numbers wrong. I'm not sure. But. I think like the host tech said the table has to be within a thou circle, like a like in a ten inch circle, it has to be flat within a thou, and mine was like within four tenths of a seventeen inch circle. Yep. Oh, you're talking about the head tram? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It just sounded like a bunch of stuff they tested. It uh, all was you know exceeded uh, the standards. Sweet. Uh, all of that comes in from leveling. You know, you actually tweak the casting in a bit when you level it to to get the tram where you need it within reason. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Is uh, he wasn't really just leveling it; it was uh, making sure there wasn't any twist. Yep. Which is something I had to do on the Tormach too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, so yeah, like I, I, uh, I feel like. I have forgotten how to use Haas machines. <laughs> like it's worse <laughs> yeah, than I thought it was would be. I, it's been several years since I've used the Haas machine. Yep. And it's worse than I thought it would be. Like, um, what do you do if you want to just like capture a uh, coordinate, but like you're not changing it to a work offset or anything, but you just want to be like, you want to see I need it. to remember this. Just go to position and then take a picture of the machine position. That's what I do. That's what I do too. It's, it's uh, on the, you go to the position and it's the fourth one and it's like operator, I think. And then yep. you, there's a button you can on zero there that whole set. Yeah, yeah, yep. you can zero a, a like temporary coordinate system. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a way to do it without taking a picture with your phone. Uh, uh, but I, I, yeah, there's so many things I just can't remember how to do. And I had never done a, tool setter before uh and uh the tormach has a uh a spindle probe um but honestly i feel like the the tormox is like way easier to use um you know in in, uh in the hoss's probe everything kind of like makes you estimate uh like approximately how far away are you and how big is the thing you're probing or or you know that kind of stuff um the Tormach uh, probe, I really like. Like, I guess I could see I could be a disadvantage 
in some ways, but uh, it's like if you want to probe the center of a rectangle, it just kind of bumps itself against it, and then eventually it gets off the rectangle, and it's like, oh, I ran out of room. So then it knows to switch direction and just keeps bumping until it runs out of room. Then it makes it away to the third side, and it's like, okay, I get what's going on now. And then it goes and finds the four sides. Like it, it's all just like automatic. And then same thing with doing a boss. Uh, the Torn Rocket just like takes three points really close together near the probe. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, with those three points, I roughly know how big the circle is. So then I can do four points that are like actually on each opposite side of the circle. Um, and so it's, it's interesting that there's some stuff. Uh, there's just generally like a lot more button presses to the Haas and, uh, you know, I have to get used to that again. Yeah. So the nice thing about it is, though, you can um you can implement all of that if you wanted to on the Haas probing. Just a lot of custom macros. Yeah. No, I I'm sure you could. I um or or you know make like a fusion program or something. Um, I actually did mess with uh I don't know if it's macros, but I I was trying to decide like figure out how to how I wanted to measure tools or do compensation, mm-hmm. and you actually can change it. And you guys can tell me if this is a horrible idea, uh, but I already changed it, so hopefully it's not. Uh, you can make it so that you know you like put in a like an estimated diameter for tools uh, when you when you like measure the diameter of a tool uh-huh. on the on the tool setter. Yeah, you can yep. make it so that instead of it changing the tool's diameter to uh, like a quarter inch end mill, it it, it says it's point. Two four zero because it's slightly small or something. Uh, it just automatically subtracts it and gives you where. So that's it just makes it personally. a thou. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's. I think that's, that's that makes in sense. my opinion that's the way to do it because otherwise, if you do it the the other way, you have to program off center. Um, you have to do in in control programming in Fusion, which I don't like personally. Yeah, and then and then you can't do as tight of radius entry moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have talked about this two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think I'm going to try it. It seems to work. I set up yeah. a bunch of tools, and and they're all like uh, it, it, the end mills were like uh, a lot of them were like a thou and a half big, um, which I was surprised. So hopefully, I haven't screwed up anything. That I thought they usually are slightly undersized, but they were like a hair oversized. Is I, only, tolerance? Is I only did like setter set up correctly. What was that, John? Is the tool setter set up correctly? Yeah, because it's pretty surprising the end mills are oversized. Yeah, it should be like, isn't the tolerance standard tolerance on the on the flutes of an end mill like like minus two thou plus zero? Yeah. I usually get I could, yeah, one thou smaller. Maybe yeah. I could try to do a double check with like a gauge pin in a holder. Yep. Ooh, yeah, did the Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who calibrated the like the OTS? Was it the Oz Oztech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems. I, uh, I would check it with an indicator, and make sure it's yep actually flat. Right, also, check your tool run out too. I uh, saw him. I saw him check it with an indicator flat. I'll maybe do it myself as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I I highly recommend, and this may just be my Oztech or or one off or whatever, but. Whenever uh, our Hostech installed the probe and calibrated in, like a week later, all of the screws started coming loose because he mm-hmm. didn't tighten them. So yep. uh, you may want to double check 
screws. Yeah. Honestly, like the the first thing I do now on any new machine that has probing, um, and I had to do it at other jobs too, and I should have like I should have learned earlier. Don't trust the techs. Um, recalibrate everything yourself. Yeah, I I was considering that. I uh, I set with the spindle probe the the Pearson pallet like off the cylinder, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to um uh use a test indicator to to get it in myself and see how different it was yep. from the probe and like it was like i maybe one tenth off in x or something and then no tenths off in any other direction that's good okay or so something like that. positional stuff on the probe is good yeah so i i uh i don't think the tech uh did a bad job but i'll i'm gonna keep checking things anyway i also was supposed to have my own uh um like nice uh tool to set up the tool setter from maritool but they were out of stock oh the the known length gauge tool yeah Yeah. back of an end mill works great yeah (laughs) yeah that's what i use do you guys use that for your for your known length tool though as well oh yeah well, you, okay. you can get the length with just setting up an indicator on the table. Yeah, you can just yeah, you can touch it off on a table, get and do it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I've done the both the Haas and yeah. the Silo. Yeah, it works that's fine. how I usually end up doing it. I always <laughs> my my ideal is to actually use a proper gauge length tool, so mm-hmm. I actually you know everything is set off gauge length at that point. Right. Um, but it's it's if you don't have a an offline gauge length measurer, there's really no point in doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I think uh, you know I'm being super careful, like oh, yeah. with everything. Of course, I am very anxious about messing things up immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know I'll continue to check things, but I I think I probably could run a program tomorrow. You know, it's late today, but I I think that's yep. kind of the goal is to actually cut something tomorrow. I'm not sure if I want to just make a Pearson pallet or anything. I I, I am thinking I might just make a little test piece. Yep. You have a vice in there? I did put a vice in there. Um, and uh, that's another thing I was going to talk about is like, uh, I knew things wouldn't be as good as having the uh, Saunders fixture plate to put things wherever you wanted. But oh. it was even a little bit more like, oh, maybe I don't want to put the things how I thought I would. And so I did spend a lot of time thinking about like how I really wanted to put stuff. Mm-hmm. in the machine and like i don't know i'll send you guys a picture even though it's a podcast yeah. uh in discord um yeah i i think this is what i'm going to do uh for a little bit um, okay i like it i think and, um like for production i'll oh, go for it sorry and uh it's big enough that i can put the uh bigger pallets uh on the mini pallets system yep. and, and they're still like three inches f- away from everything in every direction and that's a small pallet isn't it right now yeah yeah um and so i i kind of thought i'd do the other way uh like have it go lengthwise and why the palette um but i don't know it just didn't seem like it fit as nicely and it seemed like i'd have to lean over more and uh and uh, i don't know i i I just uh wasn't as I, i thought i'd do that but i didn't like it as much yep so before you you like make a final decision because like it, it's not the end of the world, but like when you start getting production programs, 
uh, and they're programmed for it in one orientation, it's kind of a pain to go back and have to reorient everything in the future. Yeah, that's another um, benefit. This is already the orientation my stuff's in. That is fair. Um, I, I, you should be able to fit two two Pearson pallets with the with the long Y's and Y and your and your vice there on that table. So yeah. like for, oh, for future proofing I, production. Yeah, yeah, that was my logic, and uh, yep. You know, even the like pro pallet system, I probably could do two of, uh, not with the vice or not with the vice and the tools. Well, yeah, probably, probably can only do two with and nothing else on the table. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I that was kind of my idea too, is I wanted to like quote unquote future proof. Uh, but I think, I think it's more likely I'll just scooch everything to the right and then get rid of the vice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're actually the vice on top of the pallet. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Um, yeah, we're running exactly. into the, the exact problem of what you're doing. I did the exact same thing. I had a vice on the left and then Pearson bot in the middle. Um, and I'm looking to get three Pearson pallets for the VF2 to run it as yeah. a full production mill, which it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, we have to turn all of the pallets to the 90 degree. Uh, orientation and so we're kind of like (laughs) very much waiting on it procrastinating right do all my programs i know right like it's Um, it's annoying because it is a moderately easy thing to do you just edit the setup and you change one axis and then regenerate everything but the regeneration is scary and then it's it's they're kind of new programs and yeah it's all a pain yeah luckily i'm kind of in the spot where i'm like creating new programs and getting rid of old processes anyway so it should be a pretty easy transition Nice. Um, but keep in mind, I, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm never going to grow into three pallets. And here I am <laughs> yep. wanting more. Um, yep. and I'm, I'm turning them all. So it's not the end of the world, but it is definitely. Are, are you guys thing. using the bigger pallet size on the mini pallet or the, the one I, yep. I, I, I use? The, the yeah. mini pallet, but the larger pallets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think I only have I have one of the small pallets that's actually in like a production cycle. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm honestly kicking myself for not making it a big one. It's just what I had on hand at the time. Yeah. Part of me has thought like I should just go straight to the big, but I, I just I'm still not you know sure I'm hundred percent like, oh I'm ready to sell a million, you know. So I'm right. gonna make you yeah, know, prototype I, on the smalls. Like yeah, I, I think it'll be great to just uh make them on this and it's gonna be like five times faster or whatever. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um and then uh I actually might get those blades I tried to get made like next week or something. Oh, that was oh. a very quick, sudden change. Yeah, nice. Uh, I don't Is know if that's sarcasm or... Well, no, well, it was like there was no lead times. Like it was taking forever, taking forever, taking forever, no updates. And all of a sudden, bam, they're ready. Like what? Well, there's maybe more I haven't said, but... Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly the whole story and mm-hmm. what I want to do, but yep. Have you seen any pictures or anything of them yet? Nope. <laughs> Have you gotten any like like documentation These are from supposed them or to like? Be... Uh, like I, what I'm what I'm getting is is like twenty test ones to see if I'm yep. going forward with like two hundred. Right. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I don't want to get it too into it, but I, 
I don't completely know what to expect, but uh, it would be amazing if they're amazing scissor blades and I could just make handles for a little while. Right. But, I mean, that'd uh, be a great way to start out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I want to make blades more eventually too, but oh, totally, especially after this strange situation it's been, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. That was just good news as well. But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just starting with making handles. Hopefully, maybe even tomorrow. Um, I you know I just spent a lot of time. All I was trying to say to wrap up is uh, I've just spent a lot of time kind of just trying to figure out the machine and. Remember yeah, things and uh Yep, you gotta you got a lot of relearning to do. You know, testing out different uh ways to set up the coolant and with the different tool holders and you know, I think I probably will try doing like all through spindle for the first program. And uh I'm curious if your coolant foams up and you have problems. Is your have you run your through spindle at all yet? Yep. Is your pump loud? Uh, I don't think it's that loud, but, uh, like I uh, was talking to the Haas tech and I was like, man, you seem like you've done a way better job than my friends techs have done. (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, just listing some things and and I mentioned the loud thing and he was saying like some people he he does work with, I think it's the high pressure one. I have like the 300 PSI one, not the, and like, I guess it's just the way it is that it's like essentially right at the cusp of what OSHA would be mad at. Like if it was mm. one decibel louder, okay. uh, it wouldn't be allowed by mesh OSHA. Cause it's like 80 yep. decibels or something. Oh dude, mine <laughs> on a, on a good day, mine, mine will make OSHA angry. <laughs> Do you think it's above 80 decibels? It's literally the loudest thing in the shop. Even Damn, to this day. I would not even use it because of that one reason. <laughs> yeah, I I moved every loud thing as far away from the shop as I could. <laughs> yep it it overpowers the tumbler. It overpowers Damn. running keyways through our hand. Like it, it it overpowers everything. It's it's only ear splitting when you're next to it. Fortunately, like, if you like when you're anywhere to, like, else in the shop, you can hear it, but it doesn't give you a headache. It's it's louder than the tumbler. Like tumbler open sitting by the tumbler, it's louder than that. Oh, infinitely. That's, wow, that's not. Good. Can you uh, run it at like a slower speed? Nope. And so it's the noise is is very dependent on how much back pressure there is. If I'm running like an like an ER twenty call it, you know, with a that has a lot of slits through it. Yeah. Um, it can be borderline silent. But if I'm running um a small eighth inch tool in a in a hydraulic with a with a you know a sleeve, oh. um, it once it once it peaks above like six hundred psi it starts foaming even more and then the foam causes it to start cavitating. Oh, wow. It's like, it's, it's a lot better. I still have some balancing I need to do. I bought two little, uh, two little high flow rate pumps to, uh, to, to pump coolant between the two tanks. That way there's always fresh coolant in the tank. That's a, However, nice. um, I bought the two of the exact same pump, but, um, they have different flow rates. So I, I, I almost oh. overflowed one by accident. So I need to, I just need to get some little, uh, some little inline flow meters. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and balance it out. There's some stuff I got to do still, but it's it is better than it used to be. I uh, I have I I would say mine is not very loud. Like I I the fact that I can't really remember makes me think it's not very loud. Like yeah, it didn't it, sound like it was it, breaking, right? It's uh no, 
That's good. That's what that's I tried to explain are. to the hostrip. I was like, no, I think like maybe t- pumps are loud, but I think my friend actually his was broken or something. <laughs> it's not uh, happy. But yeah, I, I maybe a thousand psi pumps are always loud. Uh, yep. But mine, I think, is probably pretty much the same as the other pump. Okay. Um, and nice. uh, and I can run them both at the same time. What a nice. concept! Wow. Although I, I wow, haven't, I've only tried that for like thirty seconds. I don't know. Okay, so you know, if I fill the machine up with chips, what what will yeah. happen? Do you have do you, do you have a washdown coolant pump as well? No. No. Oh, okay. So I have I have flood, washdown, and through spindle, and I want to run yeah, all of them together all the time because I'm apparently a terrible machinist. <laughs> well, I, I I I do kind of feel like the washdown thing is something that you know you could have it do like little bursts at you know certain segments in the program or something. I it's don't a know. tool. I want to use it to protect my weight covers. Dang it. Um, that's that's a lot of. That's a lot of coolant, though. I mean, as far as like draining electricity tank, and yeah, that I mean, for the pumps kind of thing, that's probably why I'd imagine. I mean, yeah. It, it, well, no, it's just um, it just pulls too much coolant from the tank. No, I yeah. mean, if look, if you were running like a big horizontal machine, I'd kind of be like, yeah, it seems like they'd run all of them. But like, it's a brother speedio. It's like a small machine. Like, I had no idea how big the tanks even were. Yeah, so Small like is the answer. Yeah. Um, also, that's another thing I forgot to do. <laughs> Grant or somebody or John, how do I use the coolant hose like outside the machine? Oh, you just uh, turn off the valve at the actual spindle and then you just like turn on coolant and then you just use the hose and spray it down. And yeah. the doors can be open when yeah, you as lo- Yeah, so if the doors are open and you turn on coolant, the coolant runs. The coolant will turn itself off if you open or close the doors while mm-hmm. it's running. But okay. if you if you turn it on while the door is open, it'll it'll turn on. Yeah. Do the um do the current gen pause uh door interlocks are they are they still the uh the proximity switch style? Yeah. I don't I don't know what uh, style they the are, but the, yes. I think they are not the one where people were just shoving some key they made into it. I think there's something. No, else. you. It's uh, it's literally a magnet. Just take a magnet yeah. and put it on this on the sensor. Bam! No more door interlock. It's yeah. amazing. I I I think I'm good for now because I can. If there's a key in the side of the machine, then I can uh, jog it around, uh, with uh, with the doors open. Um, I just can't like uh, I I haven't even tried, but I I am assuming I can't go over 750 RPM. Uh yeah, I, I'm not sure about the key. Yeah, we, we be, just have yeah. a magnet on on side that whenever I want uh-huh. to open the door, I just shove it on and open the door. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah, being able to run a machine with the doors open is, in my opinion, it's a borderline necessity if you want to properly prove a program out and 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 keep from crashing a machine. Well, it's how I it, it's how I filmed my videos is with the Tormox. All of my videos, the Tormox one of the doors is like open by like eight inches. Um, That's funny. And all my tripods get so sticky and gross. Uh Uh, But uh, yeah, that's another thing I got to figure out is is filming stuff. Yep. Cause I I don't want to, I don't want to run it with the door open. Cause I am really tired of having coolant all over everything. Yep. 
So I will just try it as it is, but then I might get one of those like oleophobic iPad covers or whatever. Okay. Like, you, you know, have you seen those? Lucas was saying I should do that. Uh, no, I don't know those. Well, it's like a, a screen protector that, you know, there's like hydrophobic things. Right. Yep. yep. There, there's there's th- things that are like oil repellent where like oil doesn't That's stick cool. to it. And so you could probably look it up on YouTube. Like people stick it to the inside of their machine windows and it makes like a much clearer spot because all the all the coolant oh. just slides down it super fast. That'd be super nice, actually. Yeah, it might be a good thing to do even if you are filming. Like yeah, that's why right? people do it, just to be able to see in their machine. Yep. It seems like it should be something maybe standard, but maybe right. maybe it wears out or gets yep. ugly when chips hit it. Yep. I mean, yeah, I the first year of having a new machine, I I always clean the inside of the windows like at least once a week. But then it there just hits a point where they get foggy regardless, and then you just give up on maintaining the windows. Yeah. yeah. My Tornwox windows are pretty bad. Yep. And they're like cheap fish thinish, uh like polycarbonate. Like polycarbonate. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't know. I uh I guess that's it unless you guys can ask me or tell me things I should uh know. Oh, yeah, about it looks or... like you're basically ready to go. Probe is working, you have the palette on, the vices on, the tools are in. Um, so yeah, it's time I, to just start making things on it. Yeah, I think so. I, I, uh, I was like super nervous immediately, but now that I've spent some time just learning how to do the tool setter and all this stuff, uh, I feel like way more comfortable. Awesome. So what have you guys been up to? <laughs> Let's see who wants to go next. You do. Me, I do. Hooray, me. Um, let's see what's been going on. It's been a weird, a weird last month between. Uh, so we've revamped basically our entire product line over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, Prisma V2s have happened. Uh, Slifties finally got fully dialed in on the brother. Uh, Serif handles came back, and now Serif blades are in the process of of coming back. So it's been just a really weird month of. Uh, Good production, but but also a little bit of a lack thereof because of just weird things that keep popping up. Yeah. Um. We're definitely <laughs> my machinist is definitely at capacity for 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 everything he's doing. We uh, <laughs> ideally we need another an, an, another shop hand. Mm. Well, yeah, um, you're you're running three full production and a grinder, right? Oh uh, yeah, we got we have three machines, all with a dedicated product line that run. I mean, two of the machines run for about 20, 21 hours a day, and then the Miltronics runs for eh, minimum probably six hours of spindle time a day. Mm-hmm. And then the Miltronics also has to prep all the stock. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting getting blade stock on a laser is going to be a huge win for us. Yeah, it's ordered. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't have a lead time yet, but it's ordered. No worries. It's a, I'm, I'm just glad that, that it's happening. So, yeah, no worries yeah. there. Um, so that'll, that'll cut our, our stock prep time down by like 75%. Hell yeah. Yeah. That'll be huge. Other than that, um, yeah, shop is running pretty well. I've been doing my schedule. I don't have a schedule anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the amount of all nighters I've pulled in the last month has, has become a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. I, I laugh every time I get a message from you at like 
two in the morning or something. Uh-huh, <laughs> like, yep. oh, if this, you get a message from message. me, oh yeah, if you get a message from me and it is earlier than like 11 to noon your time, that means I have not slept the night before. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then our, our assembly tech goes full time next month, which is super exciting. Nice. Yep. I'm, I'm very, very excited for that. I think uh, once he's full time, I think we'll have a, a pretty good workload for everyone. And it should just be, yeah, cruising, chilling and then and, and continuing on production calmly. Nice. Yep. I'm trying to think, oh, the grinder. Uh, <laughs> I thought the grinder exploded today. Oh, no. What the happened? wheel or the grinder <laughs> itself? Uh, I well, OK, so the grinder itself, I thought the grinder itself exploded today. Oof. Honestly, I thought the wheel bearings, I, I literally thought the wheel bearings uh, see or spindle bearings seized. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So I was over on the Miltronics, which is right next to the grinder and, and Jacob's on the grinder, uh, just grinding up some some, I think, serif blades. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, it starts making this horrendous, like like bearing squeal noise as if like like the bearings just went out immediately. Yeah. And we both immediately look at each other and, and freak out like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> um, and it was specifically when he, tra- he tried to move the table, like the hydraulic table. That's when it kicked in. Oh, uh-huh. uh, it took like two minutes and we diagnosed it down to uh, it was literally just a there's a coupler between the, the three phase motor and the hydraulic pump. Right. It's a really weird coupler. It's a flex coupler. Uh-huh. And so it's a it's it's two. It's two flanges that have like a star, like like a like a 36 point like star pattern in it. And then what's coupling those together is is literally like a like a polyurethane thing that slots into those two uh, stars. Interesting. It was super weird. And uh, it had popped out of of one side of the like like star gear. Oh, God. And so it was just rubbing this this polyurethane thing against this star pattern and making this horrendous squealing noise. Wow. Yeah, easiest. It was super easy fix, but it scared the hell out of us. That that seems like a design flaw, right? <laughs> um, we don't have any extras. Obviously, it's it's from the 1980s. I don't even know if those parts exist anymore. They probably do. Yeah, oh. but uh, I'm I'm gonna print some out of uh, out of TPU. That's a good idea. Yep, and I'll just have a bunch of backups. Yeah, that's the only only weird machine issue in the last while. So that's good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, other than that, serif blades are almost dialed in. Um, you know, the usual uh, getting getting new hard mill blades into production, just uh, it takes time and a lot of um, iterative failure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But we're really close. We're doing smooth bevels on them. Oh, nice. That's going to be good. Um, yeah. I've learned that my, my Fanuc control is significantly worse than the Brother control in terms of uh, code processing. Mm. And like blocks a minute and and accuracy, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. Well, I yep. wonder if that's something I should mess with on my Haas, the precision control level or whatever it is. Don't get too lost in the weeds yet. Yeah, <laughs> just, just right. run it first. Something first, yeah. right? Yeah, Charged. Get, get blades running, and then you can start dialing in the bevel finishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna try a tip by. Bevels, not even have to deal with what you guys do. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely jealous of the flat bevels. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. I should obviously just, just redesign the serif blade to be flat bevels. Yep. <laughs> just make it a Warncliffe. 
Right. I'll just ask chisel grind, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or just like make it so that you can cut it in like one cut with a really big ball and mill. Ooh. Oh God. I, tr- <laughs> I tried that one time. Did you? <laughs> did, did not. The, the original pit vipers. I, that's, uh-huh. I bought a inch. No, it was a three quarter or an inch ball mill. And I oh, wow. immediately exploded it. And I, <laughs> and I said, that is not the way to do it. <laughs> oh, no. So it, was, you're, it was like a like a three quarter uh, diameter hollow grind, basically. Yeah, well, that's, I was that's what I was, I was like. Take it one pass. Don't have to worry about all the surfacing. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I like it, the concept. I, the concept was was there, but God, it was not <laughs> hard milling with a three quarter inch ball mill. Oh, it, was, uh, it was hard milled. Oh, too. It was hard. oh, my God. No, like, wait, no, no, no. The original one wasn't. Uh, okay, I mean it's still I, just I a, that's a so did, that's a was, large cut did for like that thing. The, yeah, did the blade pull out of the fixture? Well, yeah, didn't pull out, but it it vibrated and chattered and yeah, because yeah. it's, it's like it's a also, tool pressure problem. Like yeah, I'm sure those end mills are able to cut. You know, it, it was at, also if, like, at least if the torque of the machine can handle it. Oh, definitely. It, it was one of my first, like, I'm going to cut a blade this small with this work holding idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked on larger stuff. So you came from times. a big shop. Yeah, that's I, and I, I was telling Dale when he was at my shop, like, I have a couple one inch end mills in my box because that's what the first thing I bought. I was like, these are our bread and butter. I'm going to just buy a couple <laughs> of those. <laughs> yeah. um, Still there. So I, I was from a very different mindset of like, when you have a thousand pound block of steel, you can plow into it with whatever you have. It'll take yep. it. Uh, yep. But a little, little tiny flimsy blade was different. <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Other than that, I tumbled parts all night by accident. Oh, uh, that's the first time. That's the first time ever. So they got like a full 24 hour tumble cycle. Nice. How'd they look? Uh, boy, they're tumbled. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're gonna be sold as blems, probably. Uh, it was it was slift T blades. Mm, Unfortunately, nice. they just got <laughs> they got really round. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there are no sharp edges on it anymore. Like a high school bell song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So that was kind of a kind of a bummer. That's the first time ever that I've that I've not pulled parts out of tumble and just forgot about it. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, things are, I don't know, things are running pretty smoothly. They'll they'll be a lot smoother in about a month once everything is dialed. Nice. But yeah, I'm not nearly as involved in day-to-day operation anymore, which is really nice. Yeah, that's a weird feeling. It is. It's really weird. Um, like I was there for half a day today, partially because I was up all night, so I needed sleep. But um, I just, I, I dialed some more things in on the Serif palettes, and I was like, all right, here's the new programs I'm I'm going to bed now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. John, how have you been? Let's see. Uh, it's final week for school oh. next week. So that's, that's okay. Good. That'll be a huge load off my shoulders, basically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's taking like a couple hours a day out of it. Oh, yeah. Of, you know, the time I have, basically. So... That'd be cool. It's pretty funny because the final for one of my classes is like it's all digital stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make this thing in person because the (laughs) certificate for like electronic stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to actually make this thing. So it's like a plant watering Arduino thing. So basically mm-hmm. just like sees the moisture level of some dirt. Mm-hmm. And then it it uses a parastatic peristaltic pump to pump fluid into the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're cool pumps. They're basically used in like medical or for dosing and oh, stuff. Oh, like mm-hmm. the tube mm-hmm. is, like squishes the tube around. Yeah, it's yeah. A con- it's a constant volume pump, right? Uh, I think yeah. That's there's another word for it, but yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're cool. They're, it's it's pretty neat. But everyone in class is like, "You're actually making it," and I was like, "How far we've fallen, <laughs> <laughs> dude?" Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how companies are hiring anyone from. I don't know either. I'm terrified no, for it. Uh huh. <laughs> I left. I left A and M being like, dude, our engineers are screwed. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had there's a there's one dude. They're they're kind of changing the program, so they're not offering like the same classes. They're like condensing the program. So this one guy failed this math class last semester, like literally last semester, and they're like. He's like, well, I can't get the certificate because I failed the class. And the like director or whatever is like, okay, well, we'll just pass you because that class doesn't exist anymore. And I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> what the what the hell? Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow. So, and then as far as the knives go, that's been going pretty good. I only have two book spots. I'm sure. Nice. Listening last time I was like, you had two last time. I think it was like four <laughs> last time. Hey, yeah, that was more last time. That's awesome. Yeah, and then so and once there, those are, drops, huh? Yep, once those are done, yes. probably do like drops batch work style. But nice. I changed the the like lock bar cutout to be square instead of like a triangle because when I bend the lock bar, I've been having those that oh, issue yeah. moves or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that doing that will make it so they can be made consistently and trackable okay. instead of just bending willy-nilly wherever they want to. Right. So, yeah. And then other than that, just, you know, making the shop not a mess and Yelp. making knives kind of thing. So, Hell yeah, been... dude. Yep. That's good. That's exciting. Getting yeah. the drops will be really nice. It'll be less stressful. Yeah, it's going to be really nice having both the time back from school being out and... Like being out of the way of the book spots because yeah. those yes. are, those are. Yeah, I can I can see why people are like, don't, don't, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, the mental right. space that shit takes up is just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Although it'll just be for. <laughs> hopefully, it's not the stress of being backlogged on orders, moving to the stress of not being able to sell. Yeah. Look, luckily, it seems demand's still pretty good. So good. I'm I'm noticeably horrible with social media. Like. Really <laughs> And so, like, I'll finish a knife that, you know, is not a book spot and just be like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to post it and see. And then it'll it'll sell without me saying anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's good, because that means people are actually looking at the website. And, you know, I I appreciate that that demand is is there and stuff. Right. That is good. Yep. But yeah, sweet. Exciting. Everything production wise is still everything's running pretty well. Blades are still happy. And yep. The nice. uh, the fourth axis isn't moving anymore, like rotating. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask: Is the machine good still? Yeah, everything on that's good. And then awesome. I had to fire up the lathe because I have like a 2004, like a pretty big Kia lathe. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I need to make a custom size stop pin 
just for this one thing. Uh, and I hadn't, kind of I realized I hadn't started it in like three months and I was like, oh man, I oh, hope it's this been that long. Wow. Yeah. I hope this thing actually runs. <laughs> oh, no. Did you just make like a, a, a huge backlog of all your round parts? Yeah, basically. Cause they don't like the pivots don't change in size as long as yep. they're within that, the tolerance band. And then the same thing with like the stop pins, they never change Cause I was just changing lock bar sizes. But now I'm like, if I can get the bend right and the lock bar sizes, right then I'll, I'll use stop pins as the thing that's the adjustment because they're yeah. obviously significantly faster and easier to yep. uh, batch up kind of thing or make that's like nice. a big, you know, a big run of them, essentially. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm Sweet. excited to have the time back, basically. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that I, I want to buy, but I don't know if I should right now as a lathe. Yeah. Yeah. You need one. I do need yeah. one. Yeah, I, I desperately need one. And I want to make pens and yo-yos and other cool stuff. So, yeah, and yo-yos. Well, yeah. I, have a, I have a yo-yo idea that I need to secretly tell you. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, William, my our assembly tech, he's getting into into throwing. He got a I don't know what 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 brand of yo-yo he, he picked up, but we're going to we're going to learn together. That's exciting. Nice. Yeah, I wish, I wish I was more into it, but like I just because I tried to look at like higher and yo-yos a while ago, mm-hmm. but I just wanted like as a kid where like it's just easy to catch and like bring back up, you know, yep. like as a kid. But I guess the pros, it's just like a string on a bearing and just can like infinitely spin and like never yeah. comes back up until you like catch it you in a weird it. shape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you it, the bind. it is shockingly particular, though, because basically there's friction stickers that yep, little silicone pads. Yeah. yeah. So the biggest thing is like those those yo-yos that just spin forever and they don't come back up and you're like how does this work? They're usually out of maintenance and the, the friction pads are dead. <laughs> um, yep. So you generally want to like it's it's a shocking game of keeping things within spec so that it does flip or a uh, uh, what yeah, what's throw. the what, what's the verb? <laughs> I don't know. Throw? Spin spin, <laughs> spin. throw. <laughs> yeats so it yeats properly. So it yo-yos. I yeah, right. <laughs> so you yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was into it for for a while, a couple of years before I started machine wise. Um I had a I had an old coworker who's who had a side a side hustle of um designing yo-yos and having them made and selling. Mm-hmm. And he was oh, really, cool. really skilled. Um that actually the one I just posted in Discord is the one that his company sold. Oh nice. So yeah, I'm I don't know. I I've always wanted to make yo-yos. I made one way back when on a manual machine when I was like seventeen. That could be super, super cool. Um, I bet a yo-yo with a bushing system would be interesting. That'd be kind of cool. (laughs) That'd be interesting for sure. This is a yo-yo podcast now. Yeah, it's just a yo-yo podcast. What up, yo-yoers? Yo-yo-wise? What's new in the yo-yo world? (laughs) Right. But yeah, I'm always looking for um, for like Balasong adjacent products that we could, you know, manufacture. Yeah. Without, obviously... um, not, you know, we'd still focus on ballets primarily, but. Yeah. And Grant, what have you been up to? Oh, man, it has been a doozy. Um, let's see. I've been working on doing Medusa V3 handles with a mm-hmm. keyway cutter instead of uh, up three up, you know, cutting yep. with an end mill. The best way to do a channel handle. Yeah, dude. As soon as I got those clamps dialed in, oh my mm-hmm. god, it is so nice. Yeah. Just, did you have? They, did you 
Yeah, that's so much better. Did you have to run them to be a like an a light interference fit? Uh, basically, I I I measure the channels to so interesting. Uh, I, I had a little bit of weird taper on the uh the channel itself. So, oh, I'm doing a lot of spring passes. So there's not like crazy dimensional inaccuracy, but for okay. some reason, close towards the pivots on the large channel side. It's just slightly smaller, and I can't tell if it's a burr or something. Um, like, if you put a feeler gauge in it, it'll be, you know, good size in the main channel for the entire channel. Like, nothing's changing. And then, yep. like, an inch from the pivot, it just starts getting tight. Um, it's really odd. I don't... I've never, I've never experienced that with the slip T handles. I wonder what the like cause of that. Squeezing the cutter or something? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's... I, I truly don't know. Uh, it's wonder not. Wonder if your spring passes are rubbing. Does it sound like they're rubbing at all? No, they, they actually sound really. The spring passes sound really good. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, and like everything else is dimensionally really good. Yep. Um, it's. I mean, fortunately, it's a non-critical section. But for the clamps, I could see some some frustration. Right. So so there's a little bit of weirdness with the clamp. That was that was the moral story. Uh, so the channels are 220 thou, and Basically, the lower side of the channel is 221, and the upper side of the channel is uh, 220. And yeah. so the clamps are 221. So they kind of they kind of press in or uh, press out, I guess, friction fit yep. the yep. tight portion, and then just nice solid slip fit with like zero wiggle in the other uh-huh. section. Yep. Um, and I've I dialed in the uh, basically our locating for the op two is just pockets. Um, yeah. And I was able to dial in the tolerance where they they go in really nicely. They don't get stuck, but also they don't like handles don't wiggle in. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I put a healthy chamfer on them so that, like you know there's only a little nice. bit that's actually contacting. And yeah, it just works. It just it's so nice. Right? Oh, it's dude. It's like the cycle time technically for the op one is longer, but because you're saving because you're saving an op, it's it's so much faster. What well, do you know? What your your keyway cycle time is just for the keyway for like one handle? Oh man, I'd have to I'd have to double check just the keyway. But we oh, all in all, we lost thirty minutes of our cycle nice. time per or, handle. Yep, uh, lost uh, it, the good way. You gained uh, lost. gained. Yeah, I guess we gained yeah. back thirty minutes. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Okay, yeah, the good way. Yeah, so we're able to do uh, basically two op ones, which is let, let me rephrase that. We can do six sets of op ones in three hours and yep. six sets of op twos in three hours. Nice. And so uh, by six hours, we get yep. what we were doing in basically eight or nine hours. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And, and, and they got trainer blades for them, which go quick. Yeah. The trainer blades are super great. I, <laughs> I've been I'm eating my words hard. <laughs> i was Yay. so anti-trainer i'm like i'm a knife guy right? but man they're so easy they're so nice like yo they i brought them on the sile the sile's running them perfectly and nice yeah it's just so good uh That's it's awesome. five five trainer blades in an hour and the cost is just nothing compared to <laughs> compared to everything else oh yeah so um yeah great so, too so yeah and, and i've got a lot of good feedback on the uh, the design, I I was a little bit uh, skeptical. I kind of put a faux bevel on them. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever's seen pictures of them, and I was worried that people were going to be like, "Hey, is that an edge? Is this actually a trainer? You know, is this going to be a 
whatever. And the yeah. first post I did, I had a lot of that of people asking like, "Hey, is there actually an edge on that?" I'm like, no, it's a trainer. Yep. Um, but so far, at least like the actual ones I've sold and and the hype around it, everyone's just excited about them. And Sweet. I, which is which is cool because I'm I'm definitely not a trainer guy in the design world. I feel like I'm way stronger on like knife side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy that people are liking the actual trainer design. Nice. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I mean it, and it's nice too because it is like it is apparently a trainer from from a glance. Yes. Yeah. Um, which like is it's obviously good. not a knife, but on close yes. inspection, there's a bevel, but also it's not sharp. So it's yeah. like how wide is it behind the uh? False edge. What's the thickness uh, behind the edge? Fifty or sixty thou. I think. Oh, it's thick. Yeah, we're you're, yeah, we're, it's super good. thick. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So Medusa V three handles are in production. Um, they're rolling. Yep. We haven't launched them yet or anything, but they're uh, we're stacking up inventory. Nice. Uh, trainers are sold. I've sold ten, I think, total. Okay. Um, and they're doing well, and people are excited nice. about them. I'd. Post, I've learned the Reddit secret. I used to post on Reddit of like big description and try to do like the Instagram thing. Like I, I yep. explain my thought process and um, I would get like no. 10 likes and nothing. And I was like, what? Picture and, and short description or no description. Yeah. So now I literally just said Medusa trainer picture and nothing else. And it immediately was like 100 likes and people are commenting and excited. Y'all, like, you're supposed to say you, you quit your day job to follow your dreams right yeah. that's how you get to the front page <laughs> or say this is, my friend made this yeah <laughs> there you go. or yeah. have a hot girl hold it up to the camera yeah, I, yeah. that's definitely, youtube so, that, so the trick is uh <laughs> so i need to quit machine wise and then and then start another machine wise is that what you're saying yes okay cool machine wiser machine wiser <laughs> yeah I, I have become wizen i'm starting machine wisest <laughs> i uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah nice uh, oh, yeah, dude, that's exciting anyway things are running um yep i figured out the laser pecker i'm doing production laser engraving on that thing oh you which are is hilarious nice. so it, i spent, it's working out pretty well yeah it's actually working really well i spent that's like awesome. five hours like creating a perfect um i posted it as a png but it's basically i went into um uh, inkscape and used the dimensions from my CAD to make a 3D uh, printed fixture, basically, for the, for the blades to slip onto. Yep. And then went into Inkscape, took my dimensions, spaced out my uh, serial side, which is not actually serializing, it's just like the, uh, the stainless steel and first production, mm-hmm. and then my yep. logo side. Spaced them so that I could, I could eyeball measure them from the laser because there's not actually a good measuring system. Yeah. And then and then just tweaked it in like for 30 minutes was just tweaking the dimensions. That's awesome. But yep. I got it. So now I just I hit go and it it just lasers them in and sweet. Easy. And you can I forget you can save like profiles or, or like programs on your phone. So that's the, the weird thing is you can't technically save it. There's not like a I save for a file. However, right. there is a archive that anything you've done ends up okay. in the archive. Okay. And so I just don't do anything else and it's at the top yep. of the archive and I just Interesting. Go. I wonder if it's worth like getting just a like a super crappy phone and just pairing it with the laser permanently. I kind of thought about that uh or, bring, or a tablet even maybe. Would like a yeah, like, crappy tablet work? My my iPad I don't use it very often at least okay. not right now so I was like maybe I'll just bring that and someone can just run it. 
Um, for now, it's not that bad. It it does take like four minutes per uh, per duo, so it's a yeah. little bit time consuming. But yep, it's but it's keeping it off the machine. It's exactly. You know, it's you walk over, you load a thing in real quick, you press a button. Yeah, the process the process of the machine without having engraving is really nice. And then I can just do this throughout the day, and it's not a huge deal. Yep. Um, and it, it opens up a new tool for you on the on the mill. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely worth it, even if it is technically slower right now. Yeah, because it will eventually, be eventually when you do get a fiber. Right. So eventually, I'm definitely going to get a, a big one. But yep. the first, I don't know, fifty will probably be on this. Yeah. Then it's got to go back to Lucas. Grant, your workflow for Inkscape and the dimension thing, or do you mean you like you try to recreate something that was in Fusion or whatever? Yes. For, for the laser? Yes. You can export and open DXFs in so Inkscape. Oh, yeah, you can. So I tried that. And mm-hmm. ink, so basically when you, when you import a DXF in Inkscape, it asks you how it's being scaled. Yep. And for some reason, my logo, not the text, the text income's fine. My logo just explodes. Mm. And it never, like it either ends up in the wrong spot, it ends up really small, it ends up in pieces. For some reason, oh. my logo, and it, which is just a couple arcs, I think it just doesn't handle arcs well. Interesting. I guess. Um, so what did I do? I think I I input a PNG, trace the logo, and then I just did them all manually. Okay. Because um, I, I was trying to do just DXF and then fill it in, and it would be yeah. great. But for some reason, it like the logo just wasn't having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, could be an outdated Inkscape. Could be some setting i have not figured out yet but yeah hey it's working so that's cool yeah but i got it working hopefully i don't have to tweak it ever again. right i just <laughs> i love i just love the fact that there's it's a little handheld laser pecker just yeah. doing your your engraving production along. and yeah at 100 percent depth and 100 percent power it does a nice clean uh it's like a good black it's it's black it comes out orange, but as soon as you like put a fingerprint on it, it turns black. So it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, did you ever figure out the weird uh, locating issue in the 4K option? Yes. So long story short, if you preview it in the 1K and then uh-huh. you switch to 4K, it resets it. You have to click 4K and then preview and oh, then do it. Okay. As, okay. If you switch modes, it, it changes the. Got the it. OK, cool. Yeah, because that okay, cool. I mean, that, that that was like the main gripe I had, and yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, it's that's running. Cool. Uh, yep. Trainers are rocking and rolling, super easy. Um, I've been doing all the assembly the past two weeks, so I'm really yeah. hands on with all of them, yep. which is good and bad. Both but good I'm, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's gonna be me uh, the end of this month. Yeah, Jacob's oh. gonna be gone for a week, and William's gonna be gone for two weeks. Oh, wow. That's and cool. I think those weeks are going to overlap. Oh, no. Oh, I um, honestly might just shut down shop for a week. <laughs> yeah, I, I take off, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, just, yeah, the timing just lined up. They they gave me a lot of advance notice. It's just, it's fine. Yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. But uh, also, other note, uh, if you all listen to the Business of Machining podcast, not to plug them or anything, yeah, but but plugging them, they're awesome. Go listen. They to them. are. Um, John Saunders was selling some quantum mics and a Pearson palette base, and uh, I bought them. <laughs> so, oh, Pearson! I, 
I didn't realize his song a Pearson palette base too. I would have potentially hopped on that. Yeah, I I think he, he was just he had both of them. I thought. Yeah, just okay. one mini. Uh, at least that's the one I jumped on. Um, yep. And so I bought. Uh, I honestly, I think it was like eight fifty or nine hundred for good deal. Yeah, and it doesn't come with like the button or the clamps or anything. It's just just oh, okay. the base, um, okay. which is fine for me because I just you know I'll yep. hook it to the other button or whatever. Yep. Um, but you know, obviously, great deal for me. Things I was gonna get anyway. Exactly. Cool that I I got to email John Saunders and talk to him a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, so now we have two quantum mics in the shop, which is something that's that really nice. Severely taken advantage of. And I'll tell you what, measuring our bushings to our blades, like we, we usually measure them to our blades with all of our, you know, di- uh, not dial. Uh, is it a veneer scale? Uh, uh, micrometer? What is it? What kind of scale is that? Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, it veneer. is like the tenths part. Yeah. Like it, yeah, okay. I, mean, I just didn't know if that's the correct. Yeah. Non, uh, the non-digital. <laughs> non-digital <laughs> rotating vernier scale. You can, have a, um, you can have a dial one, too. That's the other one with a dial face on it. Because oh. veneer is like the sliding line one. Right, which yeah. is what I, yeah, we have. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of wish I had a dial, though. I like dials. Oh, so this but, is your first digital... Oh, this is your first digital mic. Yeah, so um, I have been a dial vernier guy since, since high school. And that's wow. just what I what I grew up on, what I've learned. And I was like, mm-hmm. whatever. And frankly, I, every time I saw digital, I was one of those guys that like, ah, oh, you can't trust those, you know, electricity, <laughs> <laughs> but man, we can measure 50 millionths and it's pretty cool. It's great. Isn't it? Yeah. So we, I've been using it on assembly cause now we have two, uh, mm-hmm. Zeke has one for grinding, which helps him out. And yep. I've been using, uh, the one I just got from, uh, Mr. Saunders on assembly and it has been just a wide opening of like, I just measure a bushing, pair, pair it to the blade, throw it in and just slap things yeah. together. Yep. And it's great. And it's great. It is like every, there's no th- I can no longer claim that we tune every knife because we just assemble. We just screw them together. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's a lot of our knives. I, I do think William does a little bit of uh, hand tuning on most knives now because he's really particular about his tunes. Which yeah, is really cool. But uh, yeah, we can like we don't necessarily need to do that. That's just the nice little extra. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like for, you know, for what I, what I used to do is like I'd measure roughly, but then you kind of have, you know, you start splitting tents between a bunch of bushings, yep. and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. you know, I'll just throw them in and see which one works. But now it's like I'm literally measuring the right bushing and putting yes. it in, and it's it's just it's so wild. great. I know it's it's awesome. And I'm excited for Rage to have a digital mic because uh, that's, that was at some point that was a stumbling point. So I think having a digital mic for him is going to be yep. really cool. It'll just spit him out the right number. Exactly. Yeah. Although I am curious how how different his measurements will be from yours with 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 finger feel and uh, and and torque of the of the thumb wheel. Yeah. Well, so we're trying to train him. Uh, so funny enough, Zeke and I measure differently. Uh, yep. as everyone does, but yes. Zeke, Zeke measures incredibly slowly, um, so he, he just creeps up on it, mm-hmm. and I kind of I come at it with a consistent speed, not a crazy speed, but just like no, yep. a, a good crank. Um, and that's the way we both measure, and that's just you know, whatever. And so we differ by a tenth or two, uh, 
And so whenever I'm using Zeke Scout or Mike, I usually measure it the way he measures it. Yep. And then whenever he uses mine, he measures it the way I measure it. It's a little bit finicky. Um, so on the quantum mics, we're basically we're defaulting to Zeke because he's the one usually measuring things. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to teach Rage how to measure like Zeke measures. So nice. ideally, we all measure kind of the same. It, it uh, doesn't yeah. have the, the thimble ratchet on there. It does. You can st- you can still overcrank it. Um, like if, if you do it with too much speed, you'll send it over a tenth. Um, and like it, so, I I bought four different gauge blocks for an eighth of an inch because I was like, oh nice. I need need just to my backup processes, and a gauge block is one of those. Yep. So I bought four of them, yep. and we have a couple of them that are or two of them that are like expensive, and then two of yes. them that were just generic. Uh, STI or whatever um, yeah. gauge blocks, and so two of them stay in a, in a nice box, and two of them are used for like every day. And yeah, I'm sitting there with all of our mics. I was kind of calibrating all of them, and yeah, you can definitely on a gauge block, you can measure it slow, calibrate it to that slowness, and you can absolutely send it across two tenths or three tenths, even if you go hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like I was sitting there with Rage and Zeke all like investigating our measuring because yep. I was like, now we can actually double check ourselves. And we were all getting different measurements. And so I was like, hey, we got to fix this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. That's exciting, though. Yes. Um, other than that, you know, that's uh, stress in life things. But uh, yeah, businesses, all, all of the R&D I've been working on for the past like three months. I was finally coming together, which is cool. It's paying off. Yeah. Yep. My last thing for you. How is the tumbler doing with the with the just water through? Oh, fantastic. Cool. Do I'm doing it. It's time. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could do it. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how much water we use, frankly. Whatever it costs, yeah. I'm it's so minimal. Fully willing to pay for it because it's just better. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'll be doing that. I'm gonna I'll have to like tee a I'll have to tee a line off of like my my toilet feed, probably, funny enough. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. and then yeah i'll just run it out my garage door <laughs> do it i run into the rocks it'll be yep it, yeah hey, okay um yeah we actually just got some new media um similar to the old stuff that we were running just bigger and okay after, after a break-in period our current tumbles are better than they've ever been and we have nice. zero rusting problems they're all shiny uh like very, very tumbled when we want it to be very tumbled, but still shiny, not matte and dull or whatever. Sweet. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of dullness that I don't like. Uh, we've been doing a lot of laser polishing, though, as well, so it's a personal issue. But I would like a brighter tumble, and I would like Jacob to not have to spend 30 minutes every day cleaning out tumble buckets. Yeah, you'll definitely get it if you swap. Other, yeah. other thing on the tumble side, we are doing something, and I've done something that we talked about earlier, but uh, we have V3 handles. The first batch yes. of V3 handles are going to be uh, basically baked at 1100 degrees for 30 minutes to put okay. an oxide layer, a uh, heat anno oxide layer on it. Uh-huh. And then Zeke had a brilliant idea. He th- we have two batches of tumbler, uh, tumbler media, super coarse, and then sort of a nice polishing, finer ceramic. Okay. Um, and so he threw it in the finer ceramic for eight hours, and it came out like a gorgeous shiny dark on the outside and then a copper on the inside oh that's cool and and it's really cool so the first batch of v3s are going to 
we're gonna do that. Oh, that's really. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, it's it's super cool. So sweet. That's awesome. I do love a uh, tumble like anno tumble weird fun finishing stuff like that. Oh yeah, so much better than normal colors. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's all my stuff. Yeah, um, I think we've hit our. Yep, we hit our hour mark. Is there anything uh, anything left? I don't think so. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Until next time. Yep. Goodbye, Goodbye. everyone. Good night. Good night.